This is Epic Ordinary Lives Podcast. Welcome to episode 11 of Epic Ordinary Lives, the podcast that sometimes seeks to show you a different slice of life, another version of the hero's journey, because we're all walking on different paths. We're all in some ways specializing in different areas, and we're also all becoming jacks of all trades at different areas. Some people become parents very young. Some people become parents very late. Some people never become parents. And some people are entrepreneurs. Some people work for the same company for years and years and have such loyalty there. There's just so many different ways to live this life. And that's why I think it's so cool to see a way that is radically different from your own because there's still lessons to be learned even if you never walk that path. That's been one of the real key takeaways for me from recording this podcast. Episode 11 is particularly important to me because this was the first podcast that I ever recorded. I didn't realize the interesting, unique quality of releasing that when it's episode 11, so there's a one, there's two ones there. But this is an episode with my friend, Aaron Carson. And this is another part of, like the Josh Gibson episode, this is another episode that is a friend episode. It is someone that I knew, I, that I've known for over over 10 years at this point. And by the way, you might have heard Skippy, my cat, meow in, in just a second ago. These friend episodes are different than the other episodes because I have a a different point of reference. When you know someone that long, you ask some of the same questions to learn about their path, but you have a knowledge of who they are, who they've been, and you can juxtapose more of, of who they are now. Aaron Carson is a true adventurer. This podcast, again, was the first that I ever did, and it was a situation where we live, or we did live in the same town, we do not now, but we lived in the same town, and we had talked about doing it, and one day I wrote him, I got off work, and I said, hey, can we record today? And he said, yes, and I drove over to his house, and we recorded, and there were dogs and cats in the background, I didn't know what I was doing, and that is reflected in the sound. The The sound quality was using a different mic, so you can hear it's a totally different microphone. It, it's not as recording studio sounding, but it's all part of the beauty of, of learning how to do something, and, and that is reflected in this episode that I still find has beautiful gems because this is an episode where Aaron Carson talks about hiking on the Appalachian Trail. Now again, we already released an episode of Epic Ordinary Lives featuring Jeffrey Herring, who was talking about hiking on the Appalachian Trail. This was the first one that I did, and Aaron Carson spent a good portion of time on the trail. He did not through-hike like some people do. And Again, the Appalachian Trail is a hike from Georgia to Maine, but I I feel like this really speaks to the whole notion of a journey. You know, when we use the word journey, sometimes we're really using it as a metaphor, and in this case, it was a literal journey. He spent months on the trail, and the lessons that he learned, the things that he took away from it, We even talk about his preparation. But what I really find most beautiful about this interview is his 
telling of, of, of the tales, you know, the storytelling tradition of the adventures that one has been on. And he has many adventures, and they feature some, in some ways, whimsical, beautiful moments. There are scary moments, and then there are moments that you will remember forever. And I think my favorite part comes at the end of this interview. If you've been enjoying Epic Ordinary Lives and you've listened to many episodes or if this is your first episode and you end up enjoying it, please write me a review on iTunes. I recently crossed over the 10 review meter, which is some a friend once told me that most podcasts don't get more than 10. I now have 10, so if I get another, then I will have officially crossed that threshold of over 10. And I know from experience that I haven't done that with every podcast that I love. I haven't taken the time to do it. It's, it's, a, it's a pain. It's annoying. It takes time. But if you do that, it is deeply, greatly appreciated. And above all, listening right now is just so much appreciated. So I'm going to jump into it. Again, this was a real rite of passage for me to to just begin the process of doing something that I loved. And I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here's my interview with my good buddy, Aaron Carson, on the adventure of hiking on the Appalachian Trail, here on Epic Ordinary Lives. I'm here sitting in the household of one of my great old friends, Aaron Carson, who I have known since 2006, I think. We were in the same dorm, and it was 2006 that we met. Yeah, yeah, we've been uh, we've been friends for, for a long time. It's definitely been, uh, you know... Good, a good ten years, and good to, to hang out and keep contact over that time. Uh, over multiple states, multiple jobs, multiple schools. Yeah, multiple, multiple everything really. Relationships, yeah, all, relationships. All the above. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've uh, you know maintained contact and kind of kept up one another over the years, and it's definitely been. Uh, one of my longest uh, friendships running, and, and for you also, I think. Um, You've got, you know, I've got friends from high school that you still see on social media, but to actually have someone that you have interacted with, you know, one of our great friends, Sleepy, a.k.a. David, by the way, <laughs> Sleepy, if you're listening, hi. I still text him. He's actually training to be a physical therapist right now. And I still text him questions, postural questions, <laughs> exercise questions, deadlifting questions at Thursday night at like an 840 p.m. Yeah. kind of situation. But hey, I mean, whatever. But you it want takes. those kind of friends. You know, you want, you want those kind of people uh, that you can just call up and say, hey, what are you doing right now? Let's yeah. go uh, get Thai food or something. Yeah. And, you know, so uh, th- those relationships are good to have. And uh, I'm certainly uh, grateful for this one and, and the you know, other ones that I have uh, as well from, from our days in the, in the dorm in Felder uh, at MTSU. And that's really where I wanted to start with this is trying to set up how we met, which from my memory, you transferred in 2006 and you were friends with a friend of ours named Christina. Was that, you knew Christina? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, Christina and I, we, yeah, we kind of, kind of grew up together, uh, lived real close and, um, just, she kind of introduced me to the photo guys and, and we, yeah, we started hanging out and, and clicked and had a lot in common with, with a lot of the guys, uh, in the dorm. I was, I was on the third floor and y'all were all on the, yeah. on the first, uh, photo first floor. So, uh, but I was, I was always around and, and kind of assimilated well. And yeah, it's just super grateful, uh, for that time, uh, t- together with y'all and, uh, just for, for me, not knowing a whole lot of people coming to Murfreesboro, um, you know, not, never living away from home or anything. And, and, uh, you know, to make, to make good friends like that so quickly was uh, super valuable. And we, as you mentioned, and you kind of referenced it there, we were Felder first floor 
the first year that we were together, we all kind of banded together in this makeshift. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna call it a makeshift fraternity because it was a real fraternity. No offense to anyone who uh, was part of a fraternity, but we built one from where we lived. And what was amazing about what you did was you entered a community of friends pretty seemingly effortlessly is what it felt to me. You referenced that you had not ever left home and that it would, you know, you, you just kind of moved in, but you were this really nice guy that was always in a good mood. It just seemed like you were born to enter communities and to bring people together. Yeah. I mean, that's for, for me, you know, coming coming over to MTSU, I mean, that was, that was something that I wanted to do and I wanted to be intentional about was just really uh, uh, putting myself in a position to, to make new friends and to just get into a community, like you said, just just early on. I had a couple of other friends you know, from my high school that, that were at, at middle, uh, so I was able to hang out with them a little bit and get to know some people. But then, yeah, I mean, the time that I spent with the, the Felder guys was just special because you know everybody just kind of welcome was very welcoming right so welcome me in a time where i didn't have a whole lot of friends uh, in murfreesboro and so yeah i think it, i think it's twofold i mean i think it's me you know just seeking out you know friendships and community and then it's just the guys that were accepting and welcoming and, and so yeah and then which which translates to today you and i sitting mm-hmm. here at my kitchen table doing a podcast and uh and then just the other guys too that we know and that we uh, uh, still keep in contact with and when and uh, we talk about and so really a pretty unique I think uh, experience for everybody and in, in the dorm in those days it was a ragtag group of people it, I think what you're talking about that you were welcomed as well as that you sort of dove right in what I remember one of the earliest memories one of the earliest weekends of MTSU which was for all intents and purposes like a suitcase campus on the weekends they vacated you could count on two hands or i guess you could probably count on one hand how many people were still on campus that you were not in the same building as and we bought a battle a dodgeball we called it battle ball back in in my elementary school but we bought a dodgeball and we played we, we went to the rec center and just hey do you guys want to go and it was one of those where we actually played other dorms so it created this sort of sense of our, our house my house but the point being that we all didn't really know each other we didn't even necessarily have a whole lot in common and yet we were together and we went to the meal halls together and we again played dodgeball and created songs off the drop of a hat together it was just that kind of a community it feels like yeah uh, i i totally agree and then i think you know to 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 go off of that also i mean it was just a bunch of a bunch of different guys too so you had a bunch of just interesting uh really bright guys that were into a lot of different things and and had a lot of different interests and uh skills and so like you said you know we just hanging out in someone's dorm on a, on a random Tuesday night and, and, and making a song or recording a, a movie or, uh, you know, going to the mill hall and, uh, having an adventure afterwards. I mean, there was always somebody that was, had, had some sort of unique interest that, that somebody could say, Hey, that's really cool. Let's, what, let's, let's go with that. You know, let's, let's go play capture the flag at 2 AM on campus. And <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, totally unique and, um, yeah, I think, I think special and beneficial for everybody, you know, all the guys involved and, and even though we don't talk to a, a, a lot of those guys or, or some of them or whatever the case is is um, I, I think you'd be you'd be hard-pressed to find any one of them that wouldn't say you know those were special couple of years um, yeah agreed and you really bring up the notion of a community of people that are not alike a unified group that have a variety of backgrounds skill sets interests kind of the beauty of that like what that organically leads to totally organic yeah absolutely well one of the really interesting things about your past is and i I really do believe that you are one of the most jack of all trades humans that i in fact i love being around both specialists and jack of all trades but one of the big things that we might talk about today is 
the fact that you hiked on the Appalachian Trail for a period of time, how many years ago? <clears throat> yeah, that was, uh, gosh, that was four years ago, yeah, 2012, uh, spring of 2012. Kind of found myself in a position where I had some time uh, available and kind of some resources and support to where I could could take off for a couple of months. And uh, yeah, I spent about 10 weeks on the Appalachian Trail and, and hiked, a, hiked a good long while uh, and, and just had a wonderful experience. And, and yeah, so, so going back to what I said before, just really thankful that uh, I had the support, you know, of family and friends and uh, was the or, or had the ability to do that. Uh, walked about 550 miles. Um, a lot of cold, a lot of rain, um, but a lot of good friendships and um, good experiences, and 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 certainly look fondly upon the, uh, those days. How long did you prepare? Like what? amount of time and care and budgeting and all the what what did that look like yeah so uh you know, prep was uh, a couple of weeks uh, yeah, probably not more than uh three or four weeks i mean I, I i kind of had to get ready pretty quickly and and really uh get myself uh in the right mindset that I was going to do it and I was going to take the steps that were necessary to do uh, a big trip like that. So uh, probably three or four weeks, uh, I, I train, trained as in, you know, just cardio training, like running, walking, um, doing Incline. a lot of hiking before. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, running inclines. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so doing a lot of, you know, running or, or hiking elevation or gaining elevation uh, was something that I, I, I put a, a priority on because uh, I knew I was going to be doing a lot of that, obviously, on the trail. And then, but then also logistically too, you know, there's a lot of prep work that goes into a big trip like that. So mm-hmm. I had to make sure that I, I took the right amount of money that I wasn't, or that I was correctly budgeting for my trip, that I wasn't spending too much money, that, uh, you know, I was, I was adequately fed, had good nutrition, burning a lot of calories a day, um, can, can take a toll on someone's body. And, and so um, just making sure that that was all uh, prepped for in advance was was big. And, and then, of course, I had, I had a lot of help. My, my now wife helped a lot. My, my parents parents and you just your friends around me that, that kind of gave me support that was really important and um that was uh, uh certainly uh, beneficial i'm curious sort of stepping back a little bit do you was the appalachian trail something what when's the first time that you heard of it was this something that you had encountered when you were young in, in any way or how, how did you find out about it <clears throat> i had a, uh, a a good friend a close buddy uh growing up in in high school uh who uh, was big into backpacking and hiking um and, and and very much a free spirit uh kind of a wild wild man uh type type guy uh who had who had spent a lot of time on the appalachian trail and and so uh, he he was doing a, a through hike so he was going from georgia to maine uh, I guess that was in 2005 or 2005, 2006, one. And, um, and I, and I, it was a good buddy of mine. So I, and so I told him, I said, Hey, look, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to meet you on the, on the, on the trail. Um, I'm going to meet you, you know, we'll coordinate. We'll, I want to go out and hike with you for you know, seven or eight days and, and just, uh, do that and have that experience. And that's, uh, something I'm very interested in. And we set it up and, and we met, um, he was in North Georgia at the time, and so I, I took a bus out out to Georgia, and when we hiked about sixty miles, and so that was on my spring break when I was in uh, community college in Memphis. Just had a great time. Just uh, you know, love the community of, of people, of backpackers, and and just being outside and just not you know thinking about uh, about real life as we like to to call it. Um, and just kind of kind of fostered in me a uh, a love, I guess, for just backpacking, hiking. Um, and then just and then the trail really too. So much of it is uh, just being outside and being active, and then so much of it is the community around uh, the trail, and then the people that make it special, and the places that make it special. Um, whether it's uh, a, a peak or a mountain or a river or a hostel or an outfitter or whatever it is, um, just has a lot of uh, importance and some semblance uh, for I think any hiker. Uh, especially me at a, at a young age, that was impressionable for me. And then that, I knew that was something that I wanted to carry on and, and uh, cultivate going forward. Mm-hmm. So it was a very pivotal trip with, with this friend. I'm curious, you, you've spent 
you said weeks preparing. You did not have a, a huge turnaround from when you decided to do this. What what was the turnaround roughly? Yeah, it was probably, gosh, it was probably. It was probably like six weeks mm-hmm. um, from from when I just said, you know, I'm going to do this. This is something that uh, I've just got the opportunity and then uh, I've got the means and I just I need to do this now. And and I kind of made my mind up and, um, you know, and told my told my friends and my family and um, I was able to, to take some time off and I was able to, um, yeah, just really take that time to prep and to, to get ready. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, talking about turnaround time, I mean, a lot of people spend, you know, years planning for a trip like this. Sure. A lot of people spend yeah, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, and for me, you know, having all the gear, having all the knowledge, kind of a pretty good familiarity with the trail, I feel like I transitioned to it pretty well. Uh, it's pretty seamless. Um, just because I knew where I was going, I knew what I was doing. A lot of people, when they go out and hike the AT, it's uh, after a, a breakup or uh, maybe it's like a traumatic life event or uh, something that they're trying to get away from. For me, it was just kind of a goal and a dream that I've always had. Um, and it comes from a lot of different places, but maybe not that one um, shotgun approach kind of. Um, you, meet, you meet a lot of people that are in there in that situation. And and so for me, I kind of had a background in it. And, and I think that helped me uh, in that turnaround time or in the prep time. Uh, Whatever you, whatever you want to call that. So. Sure. And you said that you had a you had a knowledge of the trail. Is this over years of hiking, like sections of it, or just studying it, or you you had a good prior knowledge? Yeah, definitely. It was it was definitely a combination of of, of, of it all. Um, you know, I spent a lot of miles on the trail. Uh, just. I mean, gosh, since I was you know 18 or 19 years old, mm-hmm. uh, so I've taken uh, several long trips, uh, several weekend trips, just with with friends and family, and then just having familiarity with the area. You know, the Southern Appalachians, and which is where you know you start on the AT in, in Georgia. And so it was just, it felt comfortable for, for me. And I, I can remember passing through these little towns on some of my previous hikes and it was just that excitement. You, you know, you go, I can't wait, you know, to get to wherever, you know, Hiawassee. I can't wait to get to Hot Springs, North Carolina or whatever it is. And so that was exciting and it was, it was comfortable and it was, you know, reminiscent of previous experiences. And that certainly helped. That just helped with the whole transition uh, into the, the trail from non ever hiked this type of extended period to an actual legit uh the montage like if there's a rocky-esque montage of aaron carson's hiking it wasn't necessarily that dramatic of a of a change because you you had such prior knowledge yeah absolutely yeah i I mean and i I, uh yeah so really grateful for that and and uh you just you had to have that at those experiences prior well, I'm interested. The first day for you, you, you've prepped, you've spent the six weeks, you made the decision, you got the stuff. How heavy was your bag? Uh, pack was probably something around thirty pounds. Probably, um, I, I don't. I, I I tend to view myself as a minimalist. Probably not so much as hardcore minimalist, but uh, you know, somewhere in 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 between maybe. So yeah, I, I probably carry between a twenty-seven and a thirty-four pound pack. Uh, never over thirty-five. Just be, just because I, on the, on the Appalachian Trail, you're, you you come into contact with so many of these small trail towns, and uh, uh, you're on the eastern you know, east coast essentially, and so you've got access to water, you have pretty access to food, uh, relatively good access to food. We, we talk about you know, resupply, so going into town, getting groceries, uh, you know whatever whatever it may be. So I, I knew I knew uh, just from previous experiences that I wanted to go light, and I knew how to go light, um, and so th- those were those were certainly beneficial uh, to me. And you know, and, and looking back on it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and so I, I probably could have even gone lighter. You know, um, at the time, you know, you, you're young and you, you feel strong, and um, you know, resupply days are always the best days. You know, because you get to get the best thing that you packed or the you know the 
the tastiest food or the, you know, the whatever drink or whatever it is. And you go for that first and you go, you know, this, this is a good feeling. I've, I'm going to eat well for the next two days. And then when you, if you get down to your last bit of food, uh, before you resupply, you go, dang, I, I just wish I had a full pack of, you know, good stuff that I, I know I want. And, uh, you know, I know I want to go forward with. So it's, it's a, it's a catch 22 or it's a, you know, different for different people. Um, we're pouring tea right now. That's actually a very pleasing sound. That, that's, I, I mean, hopefully to those that are, to me, it sounds like one of those sound machine sounds like a, like a gentle brook. Um, so you, you have to, on the first day, be given a ride right to the, the starting point. Like just lay out for us, if we were to close our eyes right now and to imagine 20, uh, so 2012. So what, how old would you be? So this is 25. Yeah. So you're yeah. 25 year old Aaron Carson, 30 pound backpack dreams, stars in your eyes. What is going through your head as you were being driven to the starting point? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, <laughs> One of the one of the you know very uh, you know real things that were going through my head was uh, man I, I sure hope this old guy's 1978 Volvo can make it up this four percent graded uh, gravel road up to the trailhead you know so that was that was certainly something that was on my mind is man I, I hope I hope I get there as far as that goes but yeah just uh, I think the anticipation of you know getting on the trail and and just getting to to meet people and and then to hear people's stories to create my own stories to just to just kind of go into the world uh, that that I really enjoy and that's being in the woods was was exciting and there was certainly a level of anticipation there that that I w- was was conscious of and there was also you know a, a little bit of I guess fear or, or apprehension um, you know are, are my knees going to hold up or you know is, is my back going to hold up is you know, are, are my friends and family going to be okay? Am I going to have to be pulled off the trail to have to attend something unforeseen? Or, you know, what's the, what are the challenges? What are the opportunities and the challenges? You know, so those were, those were things that were going through my mind for sure. But yeah, you know, once you, once you get out and you're at the trailhead and you, you know, snap a couple of photos and you go, all right, you know, it's, it's go time. And, and then, and then from there, you know, the first couple of days are, are certainly a challenge, but you kind of figure out, you know, the process and the system and, and, and the deal, you kind of get to know the deal and how it's going to go and uh, structure your days. And then you start grooving eight or nine days in, you really start grooving. So, um, but yeah, just that, that first day was you know, great. Um, but, but a little apprehensive at the same time, I'd say. What did the first night look? So you, you walk the day, and what is the internal monologue? So you, you get through that first section, you snap the pictures. Let's just say three hours in. What was like the internal monologue at that point? Yeah, so pr- probably, uh, you know, just, just questions. Um, wh- where is the shelter? You know, I, the, the shelter's coming up. It's, it's coming up soon. And gosh, I just hope I, hope I get to it pretty soon. I'm pretty cold. But, but feeling good, you know, apprehension, you know, what are these guys going to be like at this first shelter? Mm. Are there going to be a whole lot of people here? Are there going to not be very many people here? Uh, the Appalachian Trail is a very social place. Um, so for people that don't hike, people would ask me questions all the time. Yeah, were you alone? You know, uh, what, what was that like being out there all by yourself? And if you don't realize that 2,000 people every spring attempt wow. this beast, and it's a... Uh, it's a social place. I mean, you get in trouble right? because it's so social. Sure. And I spent a St. Patrick's Day where uh, at the Nantahala Outdoor Center, where some people did get in trouble because it was so social. Yeah. So just uh, just the questions uh, from just the physical standpoint, from the uh, just a logistical standpoint, um, were just kind of going through my mind. Uh, you know, when am I going to get there? You know, what's this going to look like? You know, what's the crowd going to be? What's the vibe going to be? That kind of thing. And you get to your first shelter and you un, you put everything down. You, you unload your... Did you stay, like, actually in the shelter or did you... Yeah. <clears throat> first, so first night, um, I did stay at a shelter. It was... It, it's, it's March 2nd and extremely cold in North Georgia. Um, 
yeah, so I stayed in the shelter the first night, first couple of nights I stayed in shelters. Um, and so there were on, there were already people, you know, just, just getting set up. I mean, there's probably 10 or 15 people already uh, at the shelter getting uh, set up and getting their packs out and getting their places in the shelter or maybe setting up a campsite nearby. And so you just kind of, you kind of assimilate yourself and say, Hey, you know, and you introduce yourself, give them your name and uh, your plan. And then it's a very communal place. You know, the trail is a, as a communal um, kind of experience. And you, you lay down to go to bed and you wake up. I guess two questions. Do a lot of things hurt? And what is the first? Because you, you wake up, if you wake up in a hotel room, at least in my experience, sometimes you wake up in a hotel room and you and you go, what, where am I? Oh yeah, I'm in Chattanooga or what, whatever the case might be. So I just want to go through that first initial like waking up for, especially for people that have not even camped that much that might be listening and you're going to do this for a long period. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, well, I can tell you, you know, first, first of all, um, there's just not much sleep, um, it, just going into it, you know, the first seven, first seven or eight days, I mean, there's just not, not a whole lot of rest. Um, and so just the first night, I just remember being so cold. I mean, it was, it was frigid. It was, it was definitely below freezing, um, extremely cold and just tossing and turning and, t- and tough to get good sleep. I probably slept 45 minutes to an hour and a half, wow. uh, the, the first, the first night out. But yeah, you know, you wake up and are kind of happy, um, that, that that's over with and that you can kind of get moving and get warm. There were, there were a couple of guys there that started fire so I immediately went over and kind of started chatting with a group of guys and um and just getting warm by the fire and then enjoying that and you know cooking some breakfast and and then going you know what this uh this sucks, but, but it's going to get better and, and going to be fun. And, and, and I kind of had that in my, in my mind that, um, you know, it was going to get better and it was going to be a really good experience. And so I was able to, um, maintain that, uh, mindset and, and really just keep that, keep that going through the first couple of days and as the weeks, uh, progress. So, I was fortunate enough to, to uh, get to know a group of guys that were actually taking a long trip. They were taking a five-day trip, I believe, um, and, and, and real nice guys from Florida and um, just personable and kind of got to know them and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hike along with you guys if that's fine. And uh, so so I got to hang out with them for uh, close to a week and really a uh, good experience. And, and that's kind of what it's about. It's just you know meeting people and just having that communal feeling. Did you, and you've really touched on the, the social aspect of the Appalachian Trail. Did you have groups of people that you encountered throughout the entire experience? Were there any weird characters? I mean, there's a lot of questions that come to mind there. You can go wherever you want with that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I can tell you that, you know, when, when, when you're on the, the Appalachian Trail, you, um, you kind of, um, you kind of attach yourself to different groups of people, uh, for different reasons. Uh, so, so these guys, really cool guys, you know, young, had a lot in common with them and just were fun and funny and kind of enriched the experience really. Um, and, and, and then, you know, as those guys moved on, it was another group. Um, it really crazy after I hiked with those guys for four or five days, I, I met three, three young folks that were about my age. Uh, one of the guys actually had graduated from middle from MTSU and, and, and we had a mutual friend. He was in the theater department with Ben Dawson. Wow. Uh, hey, which ben. is super, hey Ben. <laughs> uh, so super bizarre. Um, um, just that, that, that connection was there and, and, uh, they were, they were just outstanding people, had a lot of great times with them and we spent, gosh, I mean, we spent the next three weeks, maybe three or four weeks with, with these, with this three and, um, just, uh, got to know them and, and get to know their, uh, personalities and habits and, um, kind of encourage one another as well and, and really encourage one another really. Um, and so that was, that was good. That was inspiring on, on a level, uh, to be there in similar situations and, uh, get to know people that were, that had common ground, they had common ground with. Do you find that that you form somewhat of a tribe or something. You said that you helped motivate each other. Did different people take on 
you just kind of find yourself in a role with the group? How, do, how does that work? Yeah, totally. Um, the, you're hitting the nail on the head um, with, with that uh, when it comes to, to, to tribes and just uh, to having different roles uh, and things like that. You know, someone's lagging behind, you know, someone's having a tough time on, on this mountain or that mountain. And, and you say, you know, you, you, you become uh, just kind of buddy, buddy with people, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of like accountability with in sports or, um, you know, any, any sort of capacity where you have to bring somebody up and you know, say, Hey, keep, keep going. You know, you know, you can do this and just, you know, just kind of pat somebody on the back and, and encourage them and, um, and, 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 and kind of play that role, uh, while everyone's having this this kind of same experience so yeah but then yeah you know going back to just the the tribal aspect of it it was was really unique and kind of bizarre at the same time just because you would hike with people and and you really get to know kind of the we call it a bubble so we call it like the the, the bubble that you're in so Mm. in one bubble you might have like six groups of people and they can be anywhere from you know, three, three, like, or four, like we were to, you know, six or seven. And so these people just kind of band together and, and hike with one another and they really become like family. It's, it's really bizarre, um, uh, to, to somebody who's not on the trail, you know, mm. to somebody who's going, that's, that's really weird. I thought you went out there to kind of be alone, or I thought you went out there to, uh, see beautiful country or, you know, what are you doing walking around with a bunch of strangers? Like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But when you're out there, it makes total sense. And, um, you know, like, especially, you know, like-minded people tend to send, tend to stick with like-minded people and, uh, uh physically, uh, similar people mm-hmm. tend to stick with, you know, I mean, I, I, I went, you know, over 20 miles on, you know, maybe a handful of occasions, which is not, not many. And you know, a lot of people are going, you know, busting 20, 30 mile days, you know, every single day. And, wow. and there's not that many people in that group, but but when you get to hike with somebody like that, you go, all right, let's, let's do this. Let's roll, you know, and that's, you can kind of play off one another and bounce off one another. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's totally interesting you come into camp or you come into a shelter and you go, yeah, you know, I saw, uh, you know, Johnny's crew <laughs> back up the trail six or seven miles. And, uh, yeah, they, they said they're coming in tonight. And I remember this really kooky guy, uh, his name was, his name was Jefferson Davis. Uh, Could he possibly be listening right now? <laughs> no, no, okay. no, no, I don't think so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, so everyone called him, you know, he, he was, he was like the leader of this, this group of, of guys that he was with. And there was like, like eight of them so it was a pretty big group and uh jeff davis's group and that's what that's what they were known as and they were these really kooky kind of far out dudes and 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 you know they just kind of had kind of bizarro ideas but were all really nice and, and really fun and uh and, and warm and welcoming but yeah that's just one example of it but there, there were tons of guys and, and gals like that that we're on the trail and it's 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 a microcosm of society and and just of people man it's just it really is and that you mentioned the kookiness it really makes me wonder if you've got any particular because if you read a book like a walk in the woods bill bryson love it excellent <clears throat> Excellent. Actually, I haven't finished it. I, 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 it's one of those where I've danced. I did finish Wild by Cheryl Strayed. Um, loved that. That's a tough one, but that's a beautiful one. Have you read that one? Seen the movie. hadn't hadn't picked it okay. up yet, but yeah. yeah, I'm very familiar with it. Yeah, that's a gritty. Uh, that's what a what a what a gal. What a writer. But do you have any in any of these? They will cite the dangers that are possible. The uh, you know, everything from Lyme disease to bears to, of course, crazy people. And then there's also just interesting, bizarre stories of maybe jumping in a creek or something or just the beauty of not having to wear your boots or something. As we near the 30-minute mark, is there anything? Yeah, can you believe that? We've already just blasted through 30 minutes. Yeah. Any specific episodes you would want to throw out there? Yeah, I I mean, you know, thinking about just just first, uh, to your point first, uh, dangers you know you think about things like you said like you know Lyme disease um yeah I think about things like Giardia you know Mm. bears are certainly uh an issue you know that 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 kind of concern is always in the back of your mind you know am I going to see a bear today uh you know will I get sick from something I drank because I'm so thirsty that I just I'm I'm not going to purify this water they're always there, um, but I think I think you know there's all there's also that that level of um, 
reason, you know, where you, where you go, there's so many people out here, you know, black bears hardly mess with people, you know, water quality in these mountains is really good. Um, you know, giardia and Lyme disease is extremely rare and you kind of bring yourself back to reality. You say, you know, what what are the chances of these kind of things happening? I've got much uh, better chance of spraining my ankle or my knee going out or me just going crazy from seeing the same brown leaves and oak trees and hickories and stuff like that so yeah so the concern is there certainly and for a lot of a lot of times those people they they get off the trail because they saw a bear or because they saw a some kind of wildlife that freaked them out or a snake or a spider or mm-hmm. um, you know whatever the case may be so um, but if you're reasonable about it, if you if you say, you know what, what are the chances of me really getting hurt out here, with the exception of you know spraining an ankle or, or, or you know bumming your knee, whatever it is, it's it, it really is a safe uh, place. And then yeah, but yeah, as far as people go, and just kind of interacting with interesting characters and. You know, kind of the, the, the wild and wacky stories that, that you hear is, um, you know, the, the trail is not only a, a, a recreational opportunity and, and only a, um, an opportunity for people to just kind of get away and, and, and achieve a goal or, um, you know, get away from life and, and forget about a situation. But it's also a way that people travel. And so, um, you know, you have a lot of people that um, may not be they may not have a home or they may may not have a stable living situation or may have problems or, uh, you know, may be on the trail or have been on the trail for months or, you know, years at a time. And then those people are just kind of wandering. So you have to kind of put it in perspective that, you know, not everybody is like you and not everybody is a 20 something fit, re, you know, uh, reasonably prudent person you know to where <laughs> or carnage still in their knees or yeah, the exactly possible yeah. yeah yeah exactly you have to kind of realize that you know there's all kinds of different kind of people and and and, and everybody's going to act, act differently and everybody's going to have a different experience than you in some capacity and you just kind of have to roll with those punches and, and sometimes those kind of folks they kind of freak you out and kind of make you spooky uh, or make you spooked you know um i, I can remember just just meeting people and, and kind of kind of going yeah i, I gotta get out of this situation and this is this is kind of weird um like a drifter kind yeah of yeah aimless quality <clears throat> yeah definitely yeah i mean and then just uh you know people who are overt or are very forward with their stories uh, uh you know uh, that that may make you uncomfortable uh, mm-hmm. or may make other people around you uncomfortable that kind of thing and that's and that's a reality too and, and like i said you just kind of have to roll the punches and realize that you know more than likely most likely you are going to be fine and I remember a guy that was uh, kind of hiking in the bubble with with me and uh, a couple other friends, and very early on, and this guy he, he was he was kooky. I mean, he was he was just different, you know. And he told these bizarre stories, and he just kind of kind of came from kind of off the beaten track kind of kind of kind of uh, lifestyle and real nice guy but you know people kind of tried to avoid him he carried he carried a big machete with him um and so that kind of made people nervous and i remember we i was staying at a a really big beautiful nice shelter um in north georgia and uh and and this guy and and myself and maybe five or eight ten other ten other folks and uh, this guy rolls in. Everyone's going, "Oh, geez, you know, he, he's here," and I'm going, "Man, this this guy's, you know, he's 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 kind of bizarre, you know. He's just he's different. He's, you know, he's kind of wacky." And uh, I get my, my my sleeping bag, my pad set up. It's a it's like a double decker shelter. It's it's you know it's like the Taj Mahal of the George shelters wow. on the Appalachian Trail. And this guy, he 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 goes up and. He puts his bag and his pad right down beside me and his machete right, right beside his stuff. And I'm going, this is, this is unreal right now, you know. But, but like I said, you know, these, these guys and gals, and they're just really out there for different reasons. And, uh, you know, by and large, uh, you're safe and uh, you, don't, you typically don't have a whole lot to worry about. So I felt very safe on the trail and, and really came away with a lot of interesting stories and um Felt, felt grateful to talk to the people, uh, to everybody, even if they were maybe not, uh, you know, your typical uh, person per se, or, you know, what, what someone might think of as appropriate or whatever it is. So all part of the, the stories and the adventure. It's all part of the adventure. Yeah. Totally part of the adventure. And that's what, that's what you get, you know, when you, when you're out there for 
a long time. And it's not normal to, to take off work, to take off life, to take off and just, and just walk for, for, for 2,200 miles. I mean, it's just not, um, what people do. I mean, it's just, it's not, you know, I I can't tell you how many people I've told that uh, about my experience and, 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 and my experience is not. That is a young animal friend. And that any, any sounds that may have occurred during the course, by the way, are, are animal companions. So thank you. Thank you, friends. Uh, yeah. Continue. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, you, you know, my, my story is not, you know, necessarily unique or extreme or, or exotic, but, uh, but it's just not, uh, what mainstream society would, would probably say is, uh, acceptable in a lot of regards, or maybe is even wise, or uh, you know, a lot of people kind of look at you funny when you say, "Well, watch," and, and then they say, "You know, well, why'd you do that? You know, why would you want to go into those woods and, and hike, uh, you know, almost six hundred miles and by yourself?" and and that's just the kind of crowd that you that you get that you kind of that you kind of get assimilated into is. A lot of people think it's really neat and and, and, and romantic, and a lot of people think you know you're kind of an idiot. <laughs> sure, sure. What would you say are the because when you were talking about that it, it made me want to ask you even though I I can kind of understand why you did this why why did you do this just to ask that yeah no that's that's a good question um, and for me uh, I got to go you know kind of back to what I said at the beginning of of, of our interview is uh, for me it's a it's, it's very much a, a goal. And it's very much a challenge, and then it's also so it's so it's it's multifaceted, I suppose mm-hmm. you could say. So it's it's a goal, it's a challenge, um, but it's also a, a respite. So so it's a a, a place where I, I dearly love to be, and it's a place where um, I feel comfortable and at home. And then it's also a challenge to 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 make it and yeah and even though i didn't you know make it the entire length of the trail you know it's still a goal i'm on today is to to eventually you know section it together and complete the 2200 uh miles and and uh it's all and i'll always be important to me and always be a part of a uh, part of who i am um and so i yeah i think that that's it's it's a combination for sure um you know of, of a calming place and a place that uh, is comfortable to me, and then also uh, a challenge and a um, a goal, a goal, mm-hmm. yeah, a very clearly definable goal. Yeah, I have two more questions, and we we've gone over thirty minutes, but I've really enjoyed this to the point that I just didn't. I wanted it to continue. I did not want it to stop. So we'll go with a, a, a light one and then, and then a heavy one how about that we'll close out the show with not super heavy but uh, <laughs> perhaps perhaps we'll see we'll see how it goes but right, food you're, you're walking all these miles you're burning all these calories you know again I, I we could do a three hour podcast on this but do you have a food story of any kind? Take this in any direction, but it could be a particular meal that was a, a, a gigantic reward after a long trek, or it could be the simple love of something easy and boring. Any food stories? Yeah, I can, I can, I can pinpoint um, a story which uh, which was was poignant for me uh, when I was when I was on the trail I I come into I was just outside of Parisburg Virginia Parisburg is a a, a big big in quotation marks trail town it's um, it's just, it's a it's a resupply spot it's a it's it's a it's a friend of the of the trail for sure tiny town I mean there's probably less than a thousand people I mean it's in the mm. you know the southern southwest Virginia or South Central Virginia. I was outside of Parisburg and I stopped uh, at a hostel um, called Woods Hole Hostel, and it was a phenomenal place. Um, just super welcoming uh, couple that were there, and uh, I, I kind of got in early, and it had been raining on me for two or three days in a row, and it was, it was freezing cold. It was probably the second week of April which means nothing in, in the Southern Appalachians. I mean, it, it's, it snowed six inches on me on April 
23rd <laughs> and I walked over a mountain wearing Chaco sandals and socks, which was uh, potentially a, a bad mistake. But uh, anyway, so I, I get into this hostel and I'm, I'm drenched, I'm soaking wet, I'm, I'm free, I'm, 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 I'm chill, I'm cold to the bone. And uh, and I'm, I'm like the first one there because it's, it's probably one or two in the afternoon and I walk up to the the host and she's this awesome lady um her and her husband who 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 run the place and chat with her and kind of tell her my my story and kind of tell her what I'm doing and I need a room and everything she shows me the the shower that was newly installed and it was totally just like not functioning like halfway not functioning halfway it was just it was just ragtag put together it was basically a pipe coming out of the wall with like a rug like a tapestry rug that was covering it as a shower Barely. outside totally outside I get wow. in there and the water's freezing it's not hot whatsoever uh, I, I, so I, I jump out immediately and I, I just get some manage to find some dry clothes I walk in the kitchen and um, she's she's getting supper together um, and then this lady she she just makes everything by hand um and and it's fantastic cook um and she immediately just hands me an onion and she's she you know she goes you know how to cut an onion you start it i say okay you know so i start peeling this onion i'm cutting it i'm setting it up and, and she's making this like vegetarian lasagna that was super hearty and bread and and dessert and uh like a soup that went with it too and so she wow. just so I'm, I'm sitting in there i'm chatting with her i'm talking and i'm warming up there's just like a roaring fire in there it's it's just it's it's awesome you know as the hours go on these these hikers kind of filter in and she just puts everyone to work and we just make this awesome meal um and you know by the end of the night we're you know 10 or 15 in there and we're just warm and you know drinking coffee and tea and having this this food and you know dessert afterwards and it was just it was it was great and uh yeah just get to talking to people and warming up and uh, it was a highlight of the trip really wow. and unique too you know um just to just walk into this lady's kitchen she lived in this farmhouse from the 1800s it was awesome uh and then for her to put me to work and it was special you know it was one of those special kind of moments and and that was that was cool. That was one of those things where you go, you know, if I could just kind of bottle this, if I could kind of yeah. capture this, you know, it would be <laughs> real. You know, That's really, the stuff really, right yeah, there. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. Um, and then. Yeah, and then afterwards, just hanging out with people and, you know, getting to know the, the rest of the hikers that were coming in later on. And um, they had a big bunkhouse with a hammocks out front and, you know, an outdoor pizza oven and a bonfire. And it was just, yeah, it was it was great. It was great. And it was the, you know, those experiences are, you know, are kind of part of why people go on the trail. Mm-hmm. Again, completely so, kind of organic. And I mean, that just sounds magical it was awesome yeah it was it was totally organic yeah just i I didn't know what to expect you know it was kind of we we've talked about your travels in europe and um and a little bit about my travels in europe and what's cool is that you can you know ride your bicycle uh for you know 10 miles and at the end of the day walk into a pub and you know have a pint and a meal and just get to talking with some somebody and and just have a, a incredible experience that you never would expect it would happen that day and that's unique and uh romantic and um, and that, yeah, that was kind of what happened that, that day. So, and in that narrative that you're talking about, you go to that village, you, you stay there, you go in the pub and they have a festival uh, yeah. dedicated to a food item that is unique <laughs> to that region. And they've had it for hundreds of years, but you know, I've never heard, you've never had, yeah, it. <laughs> I've never had that, that particular, that, what an incredible story, the kitchen story that we will close. I almost want to close out on that, but we, this is a good segue to the final question of what do you feel like walking on the Appalachian trail taught you or sent with you? What do you think, what lessons or aspects or essences is essences is that a word what what did you carry with you off the trail as you returned to the more traditional life that's 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 a awesome question um yeah i think i think a couple of things that that i i I can point to just off off the top are just yeah just just seeing kind of good in people most most people who 
you know, know that you're a hiker or know that you're a long distance hiker or, or, or on the trail are, are very warm and very welcoming. And then, and then, and then, you know, on top of that, just the stories that you, that you hear people tell about, um, people being warm and welcoming to them, um, is, is pretty, pretty inspiring. Um, I, I just, you know, several times I, I can remember, you know, being, being outside of, a you know, a national forest or a, a park or something and some, you know, family walking up and, and going, Hey, uh, you know, we just finished lunch. I'm sorry, but you know, here's a handful of Oreos, you know, and you go, thanks, man. And I, I needed that. Complete stranger. Yeah. Complete stranger. And then, you know, just, hit, you know, I think about that. I think about, you know, just hitching rides and, um, you know, people, people just helping you out, you know, maybe paying for a meal or helping you get from, from A to B or just talking to you, you know, I mean, there's a lot of crazy kind of views and kind of uh, experience that people experiences that people have and 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 when you when you're on the at when you're hiking and when people know that they kind of put those things aside and it's really a culture of helping one another with whatever they need and, and it's pretty special so that so yeah that that just jumps off the page for me right there um it, it really doesn't matter you know your your political views or your socioeconomic status or your um you know what, kind of what you're wearing or what you look like or whatever it's it's really uh, an ethic of you know what you need you need to lift to the trailhead i mean cause i'm going that way can i can I help you out and that's that's neat you know it kind of puts a lot of faith uh in humanity um when you kind of think about it from that from that aspect uh you know now you know to, to be sure there's there's sharks everywhere right so right. um you know there's there's butt heads in, in any capacity and then and, and so you, you run into those kind of people every once in a while but you know by and large and overwhelming there's a culture of, you know, you know, can I help you? There's a thing you know we call trail magic, <clears throat> and uh, you know trail magic is a Boy Scout group leaving a cooler full of little Debbies and, and uh, Capri Suns at, at a road crossing, and that's like gold. Yeah. And that's like, you know, that's like your savior on a on a 25 mile day, and you're you know still got five miles to go and you're running low on water and you can you know stuff yourself with some little debbies and hot and you know high sea or capri sun it's just like a it's it's really neat you know and like i said it just totally transcends you know people groups i mean it's trail organizations it's church groups it's boy scout groups it's you know the old couple at the end of the road who is 80 years old and just wants to talk to people and need to know you and help you out, you know? So that's a big takeaway. The good. Uh, yeah. And people. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. See, and it's, you know, it sounds whimsical, but it's just, it's the truth. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, crazy stuff in the world and to, to hear people talk about stories about giving them lifts and to experience that on your own. And it's neat. You know, it makes an impact on you. It makes you want to help people and want to, and want to, you know, do that for others in that situation well thank you very much this it's has been, been my pleasure it's been an excellent conversation at least from my perspective uh, i yeah, truly enjoyed, enjoyed it, it. Uh, enjoyed this it. is aaron carson the great <laughs> we we will do a part two on yeah. your adventures in europe uh we will probably touch on my adventures in europe maybe your what you thought it would be what it actually was <laughs> the food there all the different yeah. things so we will look forward to that but thank you again all right hey enjoyed it all right we'll see you Throw the first floor and third floor. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks so much for listening. I don't think I will ever forget that kitchen story at the end of this podcast. And, you know, I don't think I'll ever forget that night when we recorded. I once wrote on my blog, noweekendwasted.com, about the notion of elevated moments. Elevated moments being moments where, well, you, you know, I, I, the, the, the whole notion of elevated moments I, I got from a jazz trumpeter named Chris Bodie, and he calls it something different. He has a term for it, but it's essentially elevated moments. When we take a leap, when we try something that we've wanted to try that's hard or scary, like recording a podcast, then it creates a power 
I feel in the air. And it's, it's, this isn't woo-woo. It's just the act of doing something that scared us and getting through it and doing it. And, and it, it's any time that we're really wherever we are when we're really paying attention. And I guarantee you recording a conversation is one where you pay attention. You know, it necessitates a presence, uh, a willingness to be there right here, right now. And it was beautiful. It was a reconnecting with an old friend, and it was hearing of, of stories and tales that reminded me of, you know, reading Lord of the Rings. So I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you are enjoying Epic Ordinary Lives. I will be back next Tuesday with another tale, another journey, another lesson from an ordinary person who's living an epic life. So until then, have a great Tuesday, have a great Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, wherever you are, take care.